0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم so so this is our fourth lesson uh, in this series on the goals and objectives behind the commands and prohibitions or of Islamic law and In the previous lesson, we'll just quickly recap what we did in the previous lesson, in the third lesson. uh, We quoted from Imam al-Shatibi rahimahullah ta'ala in his book Al-Muwafaqat. And from his uh, chapter, the specific chapter that deals with uh, Al-Maqasid, the aims and objectives of the Sharia, we basically established uh, a number of things. First of all, that... The legislations of Allah are there for the beneficial interests of the servants in this life and the next combined, both of them together. And then Ash-Shatabi went on to mention some evidences um, of how Allah makes it clear in the Quran that he creates for a purpose and for a wisdom and he commands for a purpose and for a wisdom. So we have Al-Khalq, which is Allah creating, and we have Al-Amr, which is Allah commanding and legislating. And when we look in the texts of the Quran and the Sunnah, we find that Allah's actions of creating, there are, there are uh, reasons or wisdoms attached to them. So for example, We did not send you, meaning O Muhammad, except as a mercy for all of the worlds. So here now there is a reason and a wisdom behind that, behind the sending of the messenger. And likewise, in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the creation of the jinn and the men, and there are uh, reasons given and explanations given as to why they were created. And similarly, in the actual commands, the things which Allah orders, for example, إِنَّ salata Dunha. Indeed, the prayer, it restrains from and prohibits from, withholds from, makes a person withhold from uh, shameful deeds and evil deeds. So ash gave numerous evidences just to establish that point to show that those who claim that Allah does not do things and command things for a reason or a wisdom, that they are upon error they are mistaken in that in that claim. And they are the, the Ash'aris and their likes. Then he said that this is indicated by so many evidences in the Sharia. And then he went on to explain um, the types of beneficial interests. And so we spoke about the Dururiyat, Hajiyat and the tahsiniyat. We discussed that in a previous lesson. And al be simply gave... Uh, quick examples quick illustrations of what we mean by each category and so we went through all of that and after we read through ash speech we then went on to discuss the issue of maslaha maslaha, beneficial interest so first of all we looked at what is the maqasid the, the goals and objectives that the sharia has come with goals and objectives then we focused on looking at maslaha what is the definition of maslaha what is a maslaha it is like basically a beneficial interest and we looked at some principles regarding that Um, how do we recognize what is a maslaha how do we know we mentioned four or five different ways that the scholars have indicated we also mentioned that a maslaha is not down to individual desire it's not it's not what is my beneficial interest right it's not individual interest because if it was then there would be chaos, because everybody would be pursuing what he believes and thinks to be is for his benefit, right? So clearly it is not coming down to individual personal desires or even of societies or whatever else. Why? Because societies in different times and places, they uh, you know, have, have things, habits, customs, laws, uh, which, which are corruption, like the pagan Arabs used to bury the female girl alive and used to withhold from giving females inheritance right because they saw that to be their beneficial interest for their society and the same can be said for every single uh, society so the maslaha does not come back come back down to individual people's uh, desires rather the maslaha always returns back to what the sharia the the objective of the sharia that is what the maslaha is right the maslaha returns to whatever the Sharia of Allah, what it legislates and its uh, objectives. And then we said after that, that the Maslaha that we are speaking of then, basically this Maslaha, when we speak about this whole idea of Maslaha, which is beneficial interest, then it falls into three levels or three categories, which is what you see on on, on the screen, the vital necessities, the dururiyat, and the needs, the Hajat and the means of perfection, which are the tahsiniyat. right? So, in the previous lesson, we gave quick illustrations of each of those three. In this lesson, what we're going to do is now we are going to bring evidences. We are going to bring uh, evidences from the Qur'an to illustrate with clear examples how the Qur'an has come with... uh, Clearly and very clearly, we can see that in the ayat of the Qur'an, these uh, masalih uh, have clearly been uh, indicated. And we're going to look at numerous evidences uh, from the Quran in order to establish that with evidences. So Imam al-Shatibi says, in uh, his book Al-Muwafaqat, he said that the ummah, uh, just to re-emphasize and to summarize what we've uh, discussed, that the ummah, rather all of the various religions, are agreed... That law or legislation has been placed for the preservation of the five necessities, Al-Khams. So this is agreed upon by basically every law, every nation. They recognize that these are the five necessities that must be protected. And um, so then he mentions it is the Deen and An-Nafs and uh, an-Nasal, which is lineage, and Al Mal, wealth, and Al-Aqal, which is reason. And Knowledge of this is just like, it's It's the knowledge, this is necessary knowledge. This is something that, you know, by necessity, everybody uh, would would know. And he says that, however, there isn't any one specific evidence which comes along and says, you know, deen, nafs, aqal, mal. There's no, there's no evidence like that which, which puts it like what we have here. There isn't any specific evidence. However, he says that um the sharia as a whole as a whole when we look at all of its texts it has such evidences that cannot be enumerated which actually point to this very thing right that the sharia has come to protect uh, the deen the nafs the soul the life uh, aql reason wealth and likewise uh, lineage so the evidences collectively they are abundant in actually indicating uh, all of this. So, we're going to look at some of those evidences as we uh, said. And before we do that, just one more ayah from the Quran, or just some, some illustrations very quickly uh, to show how there are general texts under which everything comes. Right? So, the point being, there isn't any specific text which has come and said that you know Islam came to protect deen, aqal, nafs, mal. Nasr. There's no text like that, but all the texts when put together, they clearly indicate this fact. And also there are certain general universal texts under which these <sighs> principles come. And we'll give you two examples, one text from the Qur'an and one text from the Sunnah. So the first text, which is from the Qur'an, which is something that Imam has pointed out, and this is the ayah in surah surah an-nahl inna allaha ya'muru bil 'adli wal ihsani wa itaa'i dzil qurba wa yanhaa 'anil fahsyaa' wal munkari wal baghi ya'idzukum la'allakum indeed allah commands you with al al 'adl with justice and benevolence kindness benevolence and giving to the one who is of near kin, to the relative, giving to the relative, meaning in charity. And he prohibits from al-fahsha, which is shameful evil deeds, you know, deeds of a a, uh, lustful, that type of, you know, and pursuing lusts, he prohibits from that, wal-munkar, that which is evil, wal-baghi, and that which is oppression. And Allah admonishes you, in order that you may remember. So, Here in this ayah, as uh, Sa'di Rahimullah explains, that this verse is is, is universal and general for everything that the Sharia has come with, of commands and prohibitions, of laws, of legislations. It incorporates all of that because the Sharia is based upon al-adal, upon justice, upon establishing justice. And it prohibits it removes that which opposes justice from al-fahsha, al-munkar, al-bagi, right? So under this would come all of the masalih, all of the beneficial interests. And this clearly indicates the objective of the Sharia. What is it? To establish uh, justice and benevolence. Al-adal and ihsan, they are, the, they are the foundation of law. All of law is built upon justice and benevolence showing benevolence and its aim is to remove and, and eliminate al-fahsha wal munkar wal baghi which is you know evil shameful deeds and whatever is evil and harmful munkar and whatever is baghi which is whatever is um uh, oppression meaning uh, oppressing and taking the rights of other people so this is one ayah which we can say that the masalih the beneficial interests of mankind come under this and which clearly indicate the goal of the Sharia, the maqsad, the goal of the Sharia. A second example from the Sunnah, uh, which again under which could come all of these things, is a famous hadith in which the Messenger of Allah, wasallam, he said, بدع وسبعون لا إله إلا الله إماتة الأذى عن الطريق al-iman So iman consists of 70 odd branches And the most superior of them is the statement la ilaha illallah and the lowest of them is to remove something harmful from the floor to remove something harmful from the floor And modesty al-haya is a branch of iman <coughs> So here In this hadith, the messenger of Allah has brought together two ends of the religion. The first of which is the loftiest that relates to the Aqeedah of Tawheed, the kalimah La ilaha illallah. And so this this therefore is establishment of Tawheed, establishing Tawheed. And on the other side is one of the kind of... um, one of those things by which you are removing something harmful from the floor in order that people are not harmed right so if you remember in the previous lesson we said that the sharia when it tries to when, it, when the sharia legislates in order to actualize these necessities then it does it from two angles one is from wujud. Right from the angle of existence to make those things exist, and from the angle of minjani bil adam, in order to, to legislate so that they, they no longer do not exist. If you know what I mean. So here, for example, the command or the or the, the statement to say la ilaha illallah. This is to uh, bring about the existence of Tawheed, to establish Tawheed. that a person says la ilaha illallah, and to remove something harmful from the flaw. Is to remove basically is to protect, you know, which which would come under protection of life and you know, uh, not subjecting people to harm and things of that nature. So this is now removing removing things that would eliminate safety, and that would remove safety from the people. So in between these two things in this hadith from the karima, La Ilaha illallah, all the way down to the like the lowest deed, which is uh, removing something harmful from the floor. In between them come all of the other legislations which come into islam like for example the prayer the prayer is something from the angle of existence it it you know makes iman to exist and likewise the, the the zakah and likewise the hajj and then there are many other things that come in between the scholars have listed you know the 70 odd branches of of iman and so within them when you look at each of those things you will be able to understand how they uh enter into these categories of either the necessities or the needs or the perfections and how the aim uh, of them is is to protect and preserve these things that we mentioned which are the you know life uh, religion uh, you know lineage wealth and and so on and so forth so once these two evidences so these are two general evidences under which, which we can put you know all of this discussion that we are having Now we move to specific examples, specific examples where this is clearly illustrated in in, in the Quran and like was later in the sunnah. So from those examples, evidences from the Quran to indicate the maqasid, the goals and objectives of the Sharia, which is to preserve the masalih, the beneficial interests. And those masalih are of three levels that you you see on the screen. Then from them is the statement of Allah um, from them is the statement of Allah Yes, so these are the adruriyat, hajyat, and tahsiniyat. So under adruriyat comes the five things, right? This is the first level. So from those evidences is the statement of Allah in Surah Al An'am towards the end: "Qul ta'alu, atlu ma al ma rabbukum Say, come. I will rehearse to you or recite to you what your Lord has made unlawful upon you. And then he says Allah bihi Allah bihi shay'a that you do not associate any partners with him. So what 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 is this now this is prohibiting what shirk. So what is this now this is preservation of which of the 5 daruriyat religion from which angle? Wujud or Adam. From Adam. Yeah? Because this is now prohibiting shirk, which would invalidate Tawheed and make it non existent. Right? Allah bihi shay'a wa ihsana. And he has enjoined benevolence and kindness to the parents. Wala taqutulu awladakum min imlaq. Do not kill your children for want of poverty. What is this now? Preservation of Preservation life. what? Life. life. From which angle? Wujud Adam. Adam. Because it's, it's prohibiting taking the life with them, which is to maintain and, and uh, keep life. We shall provide for you and for them. Do not approach the fawahish. The shameful, lustful deeds like zina and things like that. Whatever is apparent thereof and whatever is hidden thereof. What necessity is this now? It is nasl. Huh? It, it is lineage. Yes, it is. It is It is lineage, yes. Because, you know, adultery and things like that, they, they confuse uh, the lineage. And from which Janib? From the angle of wujud adam? Adam, well, because these are all prohibitions. These are prohibitions, obviously. And do not kill the soul which Allah has prohibited except on account of a right. This is which uh, of the necessities, life, right? And uh, بِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ. ولا مالَ اليتيم. إِلَّا بِالَّتِي هِي أَحْسَنِ حَتَّى يَبُلُغَ And do not approach the wealth of the orphan except in ways which are best, in ways which are best, until he reaches his maturity. So which of the five necessities is this speaking of now? Wealth. That's right. And from which angle? From Adam or Wujud? It's Adam, obviously, yes, because he's prohibiting messing around and taking the wealth of the orphan unlawfully. So the aim is therefore to preserve the wealth of the orphan. And be just in the weights and the measures. So this again would be mal. Right? This would be wealth. From which angle? This time is from the angle of wujud. Because it's commanding justice in the dealing with wealth in, in weights and measures and in trade and things of that nature and uh, then the ayah continues we do not uh, burden a soul except uh, with its you know ability and when you speak then speak with justice even if it is in relation to a near relative and then the ayah continues ahdillahi uh, this is what he... Um, uh, this is what he... Uh, sorry, and, and, and fulfill the covenant of Allah. And this is what he advises you with in order that you may remember. Then the ayah comes at the very end. And this is my straight path, so follow it. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ And do not follow other paths lest they separate you from his path. That is what he advises you with. لَأَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ In order that you may have taqwa. Notice in these ayat, there are three ayat here. One, two, three. At the end of each ayah, if you paid notice, in the first ayah, Allah said, لَأَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ In order that you may understand with intellect, with akal. Right? With these commands. In the end of the second ayah, he said, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ In order that you may remember, that you may be reminded. And after the third one, he said, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ In order that you, may have, that you may have taqwa. So again, clearly these things are legislated for a wisdom and for a reason. So all of these things are contained in this, in this very beautiful uh, uh, passage. So commenting upon this then, just to summarize what we should take from this then. First of all, we have حِفِظُ الدِّينَ Preservation of the religion. Because it's because the ayah said, Allah, Allah bihi shay'a," that you do not associate any partners with him. Likewise at the very end of the ayah is also Hidduddin, the very end of the ayah. Because the very end of the ayah said, Wa hadha sirati fattabiu. This is my straight path, so follow it. This is Minjanib Al Wujud. It's a command for you to be on the straight path. To establish the religion. So the religion exists, it is established. Wallata subul, And then a prohibition do not follow the other paths. This is now Mijanibil Adam, right? To ensure that the, the religion does not expire by people following other paths. So it prohibited that to prevent the religion from lapsing into non existence. Right? You get the where 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 it's coming from. So, um, so that's clear in the ayah. Ad din as for al-Nafs, we already explained that in two instances it is prohibited to uh, to kill. First of all, to kill one's children just because of fear of poverty, this is prohibited, and likewise to kill a soul unlawfully without due right, this is also unlawful. And obviously, the exception is without a due right. Illa why is this? Because there are instances in which the killing of a soul is justified. So, for example, in the case of retribution for murder, and in the case of, you know, a and likewise in, in the case of protecting uh, a nasal lineage by way of adultery and, and things like that. Right? So, had it not been for these instances, then there would be transgression upon people's, uh, you know, life and upon lineage and upon the deen right so unlawful killing without due cause is prohibited except in those examples or you know exceptions which 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 we have mentioned and which come under the statement so this is now Nafs, preservation of the nafs as for nasal as for the lineage well do not approach fawahish uh, do not approach shameful uh, deeds and from the greatest of, greatest of wahish is al-zina, which is adultery. And which you know Allah described in another ayah, وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا الزِّنَا إِنَّهُ كَانَ فَاحِشَةً وَسَاءَ سَبِيلًا Indeed, it is, it is a, a fahisha. And it is an evil path. It is an evil way. And under an nasal under al-nasal, under lineage, the scholars include also uh, al ird Al-ird is one's honour, honor, a person's honour. And likewise, an nasab which is uh, your ascription in terms of, you know, you ascribe to your father, to your actual father. Right. So there's lineage, there is uh, ascription and there is um, al-ird, which is your honour. Right. So under this would come that you can't accuse just women of falling into... You know, adultery and you can't make accusations like this because you are not, this this comes under this issue of, of nasal, of of lineage and erd and, and a person's honour, right? Because you are essentially saying that such and such person was born illegitimately illegitimately, right? So now you're attacking the honour of, of that lineage. So all of this comes under this particular this particular issue of hifdhun Nafs. As for Hivdul Mal, that's clear, do not approach the wealth of the orphan except in ways that are best. And likewise fulfill all of your contracts and your agreements. And likewise wa'ful Mizana and and you know, give in weights and the balance in the weights, do justice and uh, with justice. All of this is to do with mal. And finally, as for akal, um well the ayah said, La in order that you may have akal. So clearly these legislations are there in order for you to acquire understanding, to have akal, for you to understand the wisdoms behind these legislations so that you acquire aql So that's included in the passage. So this is a very beautiful passage to illustrate the, you know, for, for our purposes, to illustrate the, the point. A second example then, this is now in Suratul mumtahina the 60th Surah. And this is verse number 12, and in this surah, Allah azawajal, he says, Ya Nabi, إذا جاءك المؤمنات, O Prophet, when there come to you the believing women, ala an billah, And they give you the pledge of allegiance that they do not commit shirk with Allah, يُشْرِكْنَ بِاللَّهِ وَلَا وَلَا And that they do not steal, and that they do not commit fornication. Um, and that they do not kill their children. Nor do they come with a like a slander. Uh, they do not come with something that they fabricate between their hands and their and their legs. What this means is that they do not come with an illegitimate child. That they've had an illegitimate child and then ascribe it to their husbands, right? Because this now is to fabricate a huge lie uh, to, to make a slander, you know, that they've brought from between their ha- hands and between their limbs, between, you know, meaning the child that is born. And, know No, that they disobey you in that which is good. Fabayhunna was Allah. So give them the Pledge of Allegiance, meaning upon this, and ask Allah to forgive them. Inna Allaha غَفُورٌ rahim. So now in this in this in this ayah, if you look at what was it that the Pledge of Allegiance was given upon? So let's go through it one by one. When there come to you the believing women who give you they, they give you the pledge of allegiance upon, firstly, Allah Yushrikna shay'a. They do not associate any partners with Allah. What is this? Haifruddin from the angle of Adam. Right? Number one. Number two, وَلَا يسرقنا. They do not steal. This is preservation of what? Wealth, from the angle of Adam. وَلَا يَزْنِينَ Nor do they commit fornication. This is hifz of what? wal وال right? The offspring and the ascription in terms of lineage and the actual ird the, the honor as well. right? Number four, وَلَا يَقْتُلْنَ أَوْلَادَهُنْ and they do not kill their children, which is what? Preservation of life. Of of nafs. Aminjarib. Al Adam. From the angle of you know from from uh, non-existence. In other, in other words, to prohibit that which would make life to be non-existent, right? That's that's what is meant. So this is hewlon nafs. And as for akal, it wasn't mentioned but uh it can be considered to be a part of a nafs, the soul, the self, because akal comes under a person's self. And so this is another illustration of how the dururiyaat, they come under, you know, the, uh, as evidence for the, the dururiyaat. Another example that can be given is also at the end of Surah um, Al-Furqan, when it mentions the traits and the qualities of the believers, وَعِبَادُ Rahman. And the slaves of Ar-Rahman, those who walk upon the earth with humility, and when the ignorant people address them, they say peace. And then it continues mentioning some of the other traits, those who spend their night bowing and prostrating. So, this could be preservation of the religion from the angle of wujud, meaning doing acts of worship. Uh, so they ask Allah to uh, turn them away the punishment of the hellfire and then I continues and two verses later it starts describing some of their qualities so the first of them those who when they spend they are not excessive, Nor are they niggardly, but they are in a moderate path between that. So this now is preservation of wealth of mal, right? From which angle? From both angles, al wujud wal adam, because it said those who are neither those who are not excessive. So it prohibits excess, and it also, uh, you know, does not make you know not not to be tied in niggardly. With your wealth because then you are preventing that wealth from reaching who it should be reaching right which could be your family dependents or charities car, things like that right so otherwise that that wealth will be taken away from those people and so that that necessity is, is taken away from those people then in the next ayah uh, مَعَ اللَّهِ مَعَ اللَّهِ and those who do not invoke alongside allah another deity this now is hifdud din from the angle of from the angle of Adam, meaning to prohibit that which would otherwise make the deen non-existent, which is Shirk, Shirk with Allah. And it continues, <laughs> and they do not kill or t- take a soul which Allah has prohibited, unless on account of a due right. This now is al nafs. Right? By prohibition by way of Adam, by prohibit, prohibiting that which would make life non-existent. وَلَا And nor do they commit zina, commit adultery, fornication. So this again is preservation of nasal and following from that uh, uh, nasab and uh, al-ird, honor and ascription in terms of lineage. And whoever does that, then he will fall into a sin. al لَهُ الْعَذَابِ al الْقِيَامَةِ uh, and so him for, him for him will the punishment be doubled on the day of judgment, and he will be in there, remain therein with you know humiliation. So this is the third example, and the fourth example that we can give is in Surah al Isra, the 17th surah, and there is also a like a lengthy passage where there are many commands and many of the ahkam of Islam, many of the laws of Islam, which are mentioned in this beautiful passage. So we'll mention, we'll, we'll mention some, some of them. So the passage begins in uh, verse number 23. And your Lord has decreed that you worship none but Him. So this is حفظ الدين من جانب الوجود. Right. He has commanded that you worship none but Allah. So this now is establishing the religion by way of you know uh, something that, that gives it its existence, which is to worship Allah alone, then it mentions then it goes on to mention parents and how if they reach old age, then do not say uf to them, but be merciful to them and speak to them with, with honorable gentle words and lower the wing of humility upon them and ask Allah to be merciful to them just as they nurtured you when you were when you, were, you know, when you were young. So the verses continue like that. And then it mentions, الْقُرْبَ حَقَّهُ وَالْمِسْكِينُ وَابْنَ السَّبِيلِ وَلَا تُبَذِّرَ So this now comes to wealth, and give the near relative his right, and likewise the miskeen, the poor person, and likewise the traveller, the wayfarer, and do not be um, like a, a, a excessive and a spendthrift, right? So here now, this is in relation to wealth, al-mal, and dealing with mal, and from both wujud and adam because it commands giving to relatives and also not to be you know excessive and then it mentions how those who are the spendthrifts spendthrifts they are the brethren of shaitan why because they they waste wealth this is destruction of wealth then um later it mentions uh Again, similar to, or same on the issue of wealth. Do not put your hand. Don't make your hand to be tied to your neck. Meaning out of miserliness, not wanting to spend. But nor extend it out completely and fully. So that, so that you come back, you know, blameworthy and in, you know. So in other words, don't be excessive either and waste your wealth. So this again is in relation to wealth the necessity of wealth. Then wala awladakum imlaq once again do not kill your children out of the fear of poverty and wala taqarabu zina in a, two verses afterwards do not approach zina indeed it is a, it is an evil and an, an evil path and an evil way and again wala nafs haramallahu illa and do not kill a soul that Allah has prohibited except by way of by way of truth, by way of haqqa, uh, right. And again, do not reproach the wealth of an orphan until, except with that which is the best. So you can clearly see from all of this, just like the other passages that we brought, you can see all of the ضروريات contained within these uh, the, the, this particular passage. So now when we go back to what ash be said and what we mentioned before, is that there isn't any one text which is going to say to you, you know, deen, aqal, nafs, mal, nas, nasl. There's nothing like this. But when you look at all of these texts and you look at all of these passages and the rulings, you can clearly see that it is clearly evident that there are certain necessities that the sharia in its laws and prohibitions is protecting and preserving. And all of them were contained in these passages that we have just read, that we have just seen. <coughs> now, also we can illustrate the same thing uh, with a hadith which mentions specific of these, uh, specific dururiyat So we'll give a, one or two examples of that. From them is the statement or the hadith of uh, related by Al-Bukhari, narrated uh, by Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu, who said, الله, O Messenger of Allah, which sin is the greatest sin? It is to make for Allah a rival, to make for Allah a rival in worship, whilst He is the one who created you. Right. So this now is a prohibition of shirk, prohibition of shirk. So this is hifz and it it is from the angle of prohibition, from the angle of Adam, right? Because it's it's prohibiting shirk. It's the greatest, um, you know, sin. I said, "After this, then what after this? That you kill your own child just because he might eat with you. That he might eat alongside you. Meaning now out of poverty. And so this now is nafs, to preserve and protect life. And thirdly I then said then what he said Antuzani that you commit zina that you commit fornication adultery with the wife of your neighbor uh, this is this is evil and so this again is preservation of the nasal and likewise of of person's honor of of the that that, that you know your neighbor's wife's honor and your honor and so and so forth and likewise of ascription because if a child is born then that child cannot be ascribed to uh, to you it's not yours right because it's born through, through zina right so now uh, this lineage starts to get lost now the nasab starts to get lost so all, all sorts of complications and corruption starts setting in, so into society now because of this right and people's rights are lost and so on and so forth so this is a clear example from the hadith um and Another example that could be given from the angle of hifthul nafs is the hadith that mentions that the uh, the blood of a Muslim is inviolable, the one who testifies none has a right to be worshipped except Allah and Muhammad is the Messenger, وسلم, except on account of three things a nafs bin nafs, right? Retribution, life for life, wa al-zani you know, married uh, adulterer like a married fornicator, Walmariku Lil and the one who know uh the one who abandons his religion abandons the jamaa so these are just some texts from the um from the uh hadith under which we can clearly see in a specific sense that the maqasid the 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 are clearly mentioned uh, and examples uh, have been given of that so this now leads us to the next issue and we are looking. So this was um, all of the evidences for the dororiyat, right? The first of the three masalih, the first of the three beneficial interests. Because beneficial interest out of three types, there are the necessity necessities, and these are these five things. Without these five things, there will be corruption. There will be chaos in society, right? So these five things have to be protected, and law has to protect these five things from wujud and adam as we mentioned then after this we have the hajat we have the those things which are the needs and as we explained before the needs they are those things the the word haja it means a need or something that falls short of what is desired of what is desirable and what is the difference between a need a haja and al-ittirar al-ittirar is compulsion right so you can be in need and you can be compelled these are two different states right when you are in need when you when you have haja when you basically have a need then this is when um you will be in difficulty if you don't have it You'll be in difficulty if you don't have it Whereas اترار, Where you are, are compelled Then you will suffer harm if you, if you do not have it Right So a need You know Like we said before um, A need is something that removes Difficulties and hardships from your life Right Whereas that which is a compulsion is something which is Itirar uh, Then It is something that you have to repel You have to remove Otherwise It will bring harm upon you Whereas haja is something that's just inconvenient And it just makes life a little bit difficult So what are the evidences For this particular Maslaha Remember in the first part We discussed evidences for the Now we want evidences for the from the Quran and from the Sunnah, which indicate them, you know, in a general or a specific uh, sense. So uh, examples of things which are uh, needs, are like, for example, trade, renting, loans, giving loans, taking loans. Right. All of these are things which are from the permitted affairs and which are from the needs of mankind. Right. If you were not able to trade, and all you had was, you know, a piece of land and you grew vegetables, and you're not able to trade, life would become very difficult because you need clothes, you need other things, you need to be able to do something with your goods. So basically, the are the the things that would make life a bit easier for you, right? So included within this are things like trade, renting, loans, and things of that nature. So. What are some of the evidences, whether general or specific, that make mention of life being made easy? Right? So, an example is the statement of Allah. Wama dini min haraj. Allah has not made for you in the religion any hardship. This is a general ayah, a general verse. So, in other words, from the ways Allah has not made any difficulty for us in in, in, in the religion. Is that he has permitted trade, he has permitted renting, he has permitted the giving of loans, right? These things have been permitted. Hence, Allah has not made any difficulty for us in the religion, because if trade was not allowed, then that would mean each person would have to grow his own vegetables, catch you know going catch animals and take their skin and make food for himself. Life would become very difficult. But Allah has first made trade to be lawful, so therefore He has not made any difficulty in the religion. Also, a similar ayat is well, similar to this, ما يريد, الله, مَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيَجْعَلَ عَلَيْكُم مِّن حَرَجٍ وَلَكِن يُرِيدُ لِيُطَحِّرَكُمْ Allah has not made for you, Allah does not desire to make any hardship upon you, but He desires to purify you. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, Surah 5, verse 6, and the previous ayah, Surah Al-Hajj, uh, 22nd Surah, verse number 78. وَمَا جَعَلْ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي مِنْ He has not made for you in the, in the religion any hardship. Also, Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 185. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرِ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ Allah desires for you ease. He does not desire for you difficulty. This is clear evidence that the law has to remove, has to uh, account for the hajiyat, the needs. And he has to remove the hardships that would otherwise be present and that would you know, keep people in need. This is very clear. Um, and likewise, this was uh, Surah Al-Baqarah 2185. Likewise, the statement of the Messenger of Allah illā <laughs> Indeed, this religion has been made easy. And no one tries to overwhelm this religion except that it will overwhelm him meaning that if you meaning take the religion step by step do all of it as much as you can as possible but don't try to dominate and conquer the religion because it will conquer you the religion is greater and larger than you so do from it what you are able this is what it means so again this is another proof to show that the religion has been made easy also, the statement of the Messenger of Allah sallam, would come into this: لا ضرر ولا Dirar. There is no causing of harm, and nor reciprocating harm to somebody else. And also the statement of Allah, uh, the statement of the Messenger of in the Hadith: إن الله يحب الرفق في الأمر كله. Indeed, Allah loves that gentleness should be shown in all of the in all of the affairs. Also, the statement of the Messenger of Allah صلى "Yassiru, wala wabashiru, wala Make things easy and do not make them difficult, and give glad tidings and do not make people flee from you. So here, the you know, making things easy and not making things difficult clearly indicative of um, uh, you know that that the needs of the people have to be addressed by by the law. And so from this, we now understand. First of all, the dururiyat, the five things they have been addressed in the law from the angle of wujud and from the angle of Adam, we've seen this clearly. The next stage now is the Dururiyat. And we can see that in, in the following four areas, if you want to write these terms down, we have ibadat the acts of worship all of our activities fall into four four categories the ibadat the acts of worship and the adat adat is the customary habitual things that we do the adat just customary habits and the muamalat which are the dealings that we have with each other and the jinayat the crimes all human actions can be put into these four categories You are either worshipping. You are either worshipping. Or you are engaging in trade and dealing with somebody else. Or you are just doing something which is customary and habitual. A custom or a habit. Or you are committing a transgression. You are committing a crime. Right? So all human activity falls into these four categories. So, in in relation to these four categories... Allah has removed mankind from being in need, right? From being in hardship in relation in relation to these four areas. Now we're going to read a statement from Imam al shatibi ta'ala, which is re- a really beautiful statement that connects everything together for us that we've discussed in this lesson and also what's come previously. So he says uh, these affairs which we are describing as the affairs which are affairs of of needs right which would make life difficult if we didn't have them he says so what he's saying here these affairs which are the hajiat they are like around the perimeter of the things which are Right, so I want you to now think in terms of circles. Think of the law. This is this will make it very clear for you, inshallah. We're gonna have four circles, right? The middle innermost one, the middle one, then one outside it, then another one outside, and another one outside it. So we've got four circles, that's all you've got to picture in your mind. In the middle are the the five things without which life would be chaotic if they are not established. Right? So, these things that we are now discussing, the hajiyat, they are the ones who surround that middle circle. They are around that middle circle. Right? So, he says, these hajiyat, the things which are the hajiyat, they are basically around the perimeter of the, what, what, what are the dururiyat, the inner circle. Right? إذ, and then he says, because these these things which are needs, they they revolve around or uh, you know next to the ضروريات تكملها. They perfect them بحيث في القيام بها al Why? Because because what they do is they remove the hardships and the difficulties when a person. Abides by those things which establish the dururiyat. Right? So, in other words, we have those things which are commanded to establish the necessities, the five necessities religion, you know, life, wealth, whatever. But then there are other things that have been legislated which help us and facilitate for us the establishment of the dururiyat. They remove from us the difficulties and the hardships that we would otherwise have. Do you understand? So, very clear example. Allah has made trade to be lawful. He's made renting to be lawful. He's made loans to be lawful. Right? Now, these things, they in turn feed into and support the Dururiyat, Right? Preservation of wealth. Preservation of life because you need to eat. Right? If you don't have a field of vegetables and all you all you have is, you know, you need to eat. Right. So trade has been allowed so you can go and get some food to eat and that preserves your life. Right. So these things, they facilitate and remove hardships from you in establishing the necessities, the the five necessities. So he continues that they that they perfect them. And um, and وَتَمِيلُوا بِهِمْ, وَتَميلوا بهم فِيهَا إِلَى also when these the hajiat when these things are legislated they allow a person to remain in the middle moderate path they protect him from going to extremes of negligence or the other side right they're always keeping in the middle path again let's stick to the same example you don't have a field of vegetables to feed yourself and your family right so the permissibility of trade, which is indeed that makes life easy. If you didn't have that, what would you then do? Will you then go and you'd start stealing from someone else, someone else's vegetables? Now you've fallen into an extreme. You fall into a crime. Do you understand? Right. So also, what the Dururiyat what they do is they keep you in the middle, balanced path, in the middle way, and they stop you from oppression. You know uh, extremism on one side Negligence on the other uh, So he says So in other words uh, Therefore it allows the affairs To continue in society Without any negligence Nor any excess or exaggeration you know, affairs continue in moderation, in balance, without people going this way, you know, in extremism, nor in neglect on, on the other way. So it's all of that clear. So what we can do then is we have the inner circle, we label that as دروريات, the five necessities are within there. Outside of that circle is another circle, and then we have the hajiyat. So all of those things which have been permitted and legislated, right, they are there to facilitate what is in the middle. And we've clearly given you evidences of that from the Quran that the Sharia actually came with those affairs to make life easy for the people and to remove hardship from them. This now leads us to the third of the things which come under Masalih, which is the tahsiniyat. These are the perfections. So now the perfections would be a third circle outside of the uh outside of the hajiyat right so what are the tahsiniyat Well, first of all all of the the, the scholars the usuliyun they when they speak about this issue they say yes as a matter of fact the existence of the tahsiniyat those things which perfect they, they it is clearly established in the sharia the sharia has definitely come with tahsiniyat and um what is something which is tahsini it is anything which does not return back to either being dururi from the dururiyaat or the hajiyat meaning anything which is not in the first two categories it is not something that it is a necessity that you need without which life cannot be established and deen cannot be established nor is it something which is from the hajiyat which if you didn't have you would be you know have a hard life it would be difficult no it's not it's anything which is not those two things then it is from the tahsiniyat, right so and this means that really these types of affairs are all to do with beautifying things and doing things in the best way possible and in the most honorable way possible keeping everything clean keeping everything neat keeping everything tidy keeping everything beautiful you know uh, being uh, of best manners in the way you do things right this is what this is now speaking about and there are certain things that are legislated in the sharia which bring perfection to other things for example when you slaughter an animal, how do you slaughter the animal? You do it in the best, Allah's written, He's prescribed ihsan, you do it in the best way possible. Do not, do not let the animal see, you know, when you're going to slaughter it, right? Be gentle with it, be kind with it, right? So there are certain things which, which add beauty, elegance, perfection, cleanliness, all of these notions and ideas, beautiful manners, loftiest of manners right so then these things come and they are a perfection of the dharuriyat and the hajiyat right so the sharia aims for perfection in all of the affairs and so this is how these affairs have been explained by the, by the scholars um, so for example uh indeed just as uh, uh says these affairs are those things which are from the mahasinul adat they are from the 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 habits and the customs of the people have, which are the beautiful customs and habits and, you know, uh, keeping away from uh, impure and uh, wrong things and which the intellects don't like. And all of this comes under the issue of makarimul akhlaq which are the beautiful manners. This is what all of this comes under. So um, let's give just a number of evidences for this and we can conclude then shalla ta'ala so from the evidences is the statement of Allah or the statement of the messenger of Allah sallam inna Allah jamilun yuhibbul jamal hadith inna Allah jamilun yuhibbul jamal indeed Allah is beautiful and he loves beauty and he loves beauty And likewise the messenger of Allah sallam we said inna ma buistu li utammima makarim al akhlaq Indeed, I have been sent in order to beautify to to complete the most noble of manners, and likewise he said in another narration theihkhlak <laughs> the most rectifying or righteous of of manners so all of this what does this come into is talking about how to um, make everything as perfect and smooth and beautiful and elegant as possible because by doing this the society as a whole it functions even better right so when you trade and you trade in ways that add beauty and perfection so when you trade for example bring a witness bring a witness to the trade so that doubts and disputes can 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 be repelled right now you've done something in an elegant and beautiful way and it will not allow problems and rifts to arise in society now, this is an example right and many of the examples can be given like when you when you pray pray in clothing which is clean and beautiful and perfumed this is beautification right and so the same thing applies to everything across the board so the sharia has indeed come with Yat to add Affection to add beauty, and so this is the evidence. These are the evidences. Inna Allaha Jamilun wa Yuhibbul Jamal. Indeed, Allah is beautiful, and He loves uh, beauty. So this now is another circle that comes outside of the Dururiyat and the Hajiyat. So now we have the Tahsiniyat. Then there are there is one more level what we call the mukammilat. مكم, uh, so this is everything which is not of these three categories And what they do is they come outside and now this is the fourth circle These are the مكملات, right? These are additional things which um, You know they, they complete everything they complete the necessities For example um, the prohibition of bid'ah and the prohibit and punishing the innovator. This is a completion of the religion, because this makes sure that the religion is protected, because bid'ah is something that causes the religion to be distorted, to be altered, and the religion would not be complete if it did not account for the fact that there will be people of innovation. Who will innovate and alter the religion. So a perfection has been added in that innovations are prohibited, and the innovator, the proof is to be established against him, and he's to be warned against. This is a mukhammila of one of the dururiyat of the of, of the necessity of religion. Right? And then other things exist likewise for you know for, for, for life and you know wealth and whatever. And likewise there is mukammilat for the hajiyat, there are things which perfect the hajiyat as well, the second level of the circle. So, for example, in trade dealings, you know, um, cheating is prohibited, cheating in weights and measures. And likewise, to bring a witness, to witness the transaction, right? Because trade is from the hajiyat. But you want to do it in the perfect, perfect way. So you bring witnesses, you always make sure it's documented, you bring witnesses. The terms of the contract are fully explained, not ambiguous, you bring a witness. All of this is now is adding perfection. So there are things which are mukammilat for the hajiyat, right? And so on and so forth. So, to, to kind of conclude our lesson there for today, then inshallah ta'ala, uh, we have given textual evidences from the Qur'an, from the sunnah, for the masalih, and the three levels of the masalih, uh the dururiyat, hajat, tahtiniyat, we've given them in a general sense, right? Inna Allah, inna Allah, yamur bil adal, wal ihsan, the first ayah, and also the hadith of uh, the 70 odd branches, right? In a general sense, in which all of these masalih enter. And then we gave specific evidences that highlight the dururiyat, right? The four passages from the Quran. Then we did the same. With the hajiyat. Ayat from the Quran about removing hardship, difficulty. Then we did the same about the Tahsiniyat, Right? Inna allaha wa yuhibbul jama'al. And then at the end, we mentioned the mukammilat. Additional things by which the Ruriat the and the hajiyat and the Tahsiniyat that they are perfected even further. All of this shows the beauty of the deen of Islam. And obviously this is just, we are just giving you like a framework here then the more you go further and study and look at the ahkam of the sharia and how they fulfill these objectives, you will see the beauty of this of, of, of this law. So this is just simply giving you that uh, basically that, that framework within which to now start looking at specific texts and putting them into their uh, proper place. So key thing to take from this, you can do that diagram, four circles in the middle, then they are perfected by the hajiyat, then they are protected Perfected by the Tahsiniyat, and then everything is completed by the mukammilat. That's the basic structure of everything that is in the Sharia, right? And this is how it is. How it is, uh, you know. Uh, how it is. So with that, we will conclude our lesson there for today, inshallah. Taala, and this is our fourth lesson. Perhaps we may have just maybe one or two more lessons uh, in this respect. Um, the aim was just to really give you an opening into this topic. So that you can start to appreciate, um, you know, the commands and the prohibitions and then use this as a stepping stone for further study. So we'll stop this lesson here today, inshallah. In the next lesson, we could start giving specific examples of, for example, the prayer, the wudu' and things like that. And just speak of some of the wisdoms and the benefits in these affairs which have been legislated maybe we can finish with that inshallah taala in the next lesson and perhaps that will conclude uh, this series uh, or perhaps we can even go in, into further detail depending on you know how how far we want to we want to take this inshallah so we'll conclude there and we'll continue in the next lesson ala muhammad wa ala alihi wa Yeah, that, that, that would have to go down uh, into um, specific examples. Take a specific example of a thing which has been commanded, let's say it could be a loan or a rental agreement or something. And then we look in the Sharia and look at all the specific details like the, the Shiroot. So when you go into the Shiroot, that specific conditions that relate to that thing you'll start seeing the, the, the tahsiniyat or, or the muqammilat of that, okay. right? So this condition has been specified uh, and that is, is, uh, is from the muqammilat, for example. So I think the example I gave you already about trade, for example, and specific types of trade, of writing down the contract and then calling a witness to observe, right? that could be from the, 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 the tahsiniyat or the muqammilat of the tahsiniyat, okay. right? So we'd look at this on a, on a case-by-case basis, uh, whatever that specific issue was yeah yeah so it you know in in every specific case it would be unique in some cases there would be and that would be it in some cases there would be more but we'd have to look at it on on an individual case-by-case basis yeah but it doesn't mean that applies in every single issue it's on a case-by-case basis Yeah, and the scholars often illustrate and exemplify that when they give the example so if we come across that we'll explain it next in the next lesson inshallah.